0: You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and we are in County Waterford at Slady Castle and Slady Castle has a history that we're going to hear a little bit about and Joanne Hickey is here with me and uh, Joanne has started a me to help... Uh, I suppose would be to revitalise the gardens around Slady to make them someplace pleasant and comfortable that when you're in this area you come and visit. And Joanne, thanks a million for taking the time. No to problem, have a thanks chat. for
1: coming. Oh,
0: and of course there's a Canadian connection and that's what brought it to my attention. It was brought, and this is all tied in with the McGrath family. And uh, the Yeah,
1: the and the McGraws and the McCrees and every variation of McGrath.
0: And we had, and I had developed a uh, uh, connection with the late Dan McGrath because he yes, was, yes of and course. it was only when we came back on this trip that I, I realised and found out that Dan, Dan had, had a, and he had, had a very tragic accident. Yes. Um, but we're here in Slady Castle and a bit about the family history relative to Slady and the hickeys and how what where all this is coming from.
1: Well Philip McGrath was living in Fernand Castle, which is literally a mile down the road, it's now Mountain Castle. And he was renting Mountain Castle, and he got engaged to Lord Waterford's daughter Mary De Quere. Okay. And she famously said that her father's stables would be more befitting for a lady than Fernand Castle. So she demanded that a castle be built here at Slady. Right. So it took seven years to build. Yeah and they moved in around 1628 they got a lot of help to build the castle it said they were more wealthy after the build than before the build so many labourers, stonemasons all came to build this beautiful castle and actually if you do look you can see how big the stones is and the magnitude of the work that these people put in I'm thinking of the lack of tools and machinery they would have had in the time it's yeah. unbelievable really So anyway, they moved in, but unfortunately, a tragedy fell them five years later. Philip died. And back then, women couldn't inherit, so it went to his brother... No, it went to his son first, Donal Oak McGrath, and he was moved to Dublin for his safety, but he died in his youth. And then it went to his brother, Pierce, because women couldn't inherit. That left behind Lady McGrath and her three daughters.
2: Right.
1: So... Lady McGrath, being Lord Waterford's daughter, knew that the only hope for her three daughters with their father dead was to find good matches for her daughters. So she used to put them out into British society and they would go to the garrison town of Clamell quite regularly. And one night they befriended three British soldiers. Right. And they brought them home to Lady to meet their mother. <laughs> But what Lady McGrath didn't know, Pierce was living with her at the time, was that there were three bandit robbers actually watching the castle from literally, not even an eighth of a mile up the road in a place called Sleepy Rock. Okay. And they were camping out and they were watching the castle and the, the name was Green, that's what they weren't the called. And they were basically looking to rob and plunder the castle. So, Green's son befriended one of the maids of lady and she said at an opportunity I will shine a light from the top of Slady and that is your signal to come, that the defences are down, as you can see it's a defensive castle, so yeah. it is a fortified house. So, the British soldiers came down, the, it is said that the, sol- that the maids here befriended the, the servants of the soldiers. And They brought them down to the local public house. Okay, so there was no soldiers. There was no servants It was just McGrath and their guests having a dinner. Okay, and the maid shunned the light from the castle and green came down. Okay, straight away um, They cornered the British soldiers. They took them as their hostages Then they plundered the castle. They took all the riches the fine fabrics everything The Lady McGrath begged them to spare her daughter's lives, which they did, because the McGraths were Irish landlords, so they did spare their lives, and they left. Nobody knew for a solid 12 months what happened Green, or what happened to British soldiers. Uh, The McGraths continued to live on in Slady Castle, but their wealth had massively declined, and there was a question mark over their loyalty to the Crown as would have been at the time, many skirmishes were taking place in Ireland against the British forces and the McGrath had already been part of the Battle of Assan in the 15th century which had been against Queen Elizabeth I's army and all of that and was the last private battle ever fought in Ireland. So, about a year later a donkey and cart were crossing the river in the Nyre and the donkey's hoof got stuck on something. The farmer looked down, and he saw the uniforms on three bodies. So the British soldiers had been murdered, and their bodies had been disposed of. So the McGraths were tried for treason, and they lost all their lands. Okay. So they moved to a little cottage, and they lived out their lives there, but the lands fell into Lord Osborne. So one day, Lord Osborne's son came calling, he wanted a wife and he came to Lady McGrath's cottage and, he's, and he looked at the eldest daughter he looked at the middle and they did not want to leave their mother and I suppose if you think about it they might not have wanted to change their religion either <laughs> but we can only surmise um, but the youngest daughter Mary decided this would bring wealth, privilege back to the family so she married him
0: right.
1: and they settled below in Dramanna
0: right, right now, um, where did you get all the information?
1: A lot of it is online. There is a story. Um, it's called The Slady Tragedy, and I'll give you a copy of it before you leave. Right. And that's online. You can buy it online. It's free from the Trinity College Library. Okay. can But there, there is only the one story. Okay. Um, how much of it is dramatized? I don't know, right. but that is the story that we have been brought up. That is the only story we know. <laughs> so,
0: so looking at the structure, uh, you mentioned how, how it was put here. At that, uh, well, are we're looking at a hundred feet high, or is it more?
1: I would say it is about that. Um, now, I've never been to the top of it. Yeah. Um, but my cousins have these. There is actually three rooms still intact and they're here they're quite small and actually if you walk around this side you'll actually see that the floor height between the stories and the windows will co- just show you how tall people were in those days um, you can see there's not enough not a lot of distance between each floor right so, would, so people would have been quite shorter back then um so this would have been the back of the castle yeah the front of the castle was actually knocked in the late 17th, early 18th century to build an old shooting lodge for Colonel Power. He was a landlord in Tremor. Okay. And actually, he was quite a well-liked landlord. Uh, very few people in Slady suffered from the famine, like in other areas of Ireland. Right. So he was actually very well-liked. He gave a lot of jobs in the local area, and he always made sure that the people and his tenants were well-fed.
0: Well, When you say that, this area here, and we're now looking over as I look north um, Mount Melray mm. and you mentioned the Nair Valley and mm. we are to put it in the geographic context you also mentioned Clonmel mm. so we are what a little west are we of a line between Clonmel and Dungarva
1: yes yeah we're, we've been near, we're 11 miles from Clonmel we're 8 miles from Dungarva right exactly
0: and we're looking at lush well, gr- land all around yeah so in the 18 40s in that period of the famine, would the landlord um potatoes? While the, the land may have been subdivided, I still would imagine there would have been a lot of um, cattle or other stock. There but would
1: have, and like most areas, the cattle was kept to give to the landlord to pay the rent, right? And things like that. But I will say, some parts of Medellagos, particularly down, so I've I've heard from different people through the generations that there was a lot more of a population in Medelago and a lot of people did pass away during the famine due to starvation there was a notorious landlord in Mountain Castle called uh, Minor O'Keefe he was famously had an attempted assassination and finally was assassinated and that was due to the way he treated his tenants.
0: Right, and as I understand around the country that was not uncommon that there were uh, yeah, and a, a number And of equally,
1: um, years ago in college I studied social history and the poor law came up, it was probably the workhouse system and all of that, and what we did find was there was, there was very few Trevelyans. There, but they became notorious. Yeah. Some of the English landlords, like Carnal Power here, were actually quite generous. Yeah. Um, they were very generous with their time. They were—they gave a lot of money to the poor, and they made sure that their tenants were fed, and they did maybe forgo rent at times.
2: Right. Right.
1: Um, because my grandmother's family have been here hundreds of years. They've lived on—they've lived in Ballykieran and then to Slady, That was all under Carnal power and we can't see any of them die even we had two um, ancestors that actually went to America in the 1830s and believe it or not both actually came back which was very uncommon and they're actually buried in Madelago.
0: Right. Mentioning Madelago I understand it was, uh, was Saint-Ecton gave it the name.
1: Yes, got the Plain of Thorns.
0: Right. Of course, St. Declan's Way runs from Ardmore right up to Catchell, mm-hmm. and there's a big St. Declan connection in this area. But Slady itself, the name
1: Curranuslady, yeah. Sliding Bog. Back, Ternina, if you've ever heard of that parish, uh, at Gua, Ternina didn't exist when the castle was uh, built. So this was all dense forest and gorse land, right. all the way up into the Nairn Valley. So when you look now towards the Knockmeal Downs to the direction of Clomel, that was all woodland, gorse, you could imagine the deer, the wild boar, you could imagine what it was like down this side towards Mill Street and Medelago was bogland.
0: And let's clarify here because someone might associate Mill Street with Cork. No. This is a different Mill
1: Street. We have a time stamp I call it Mill Street, it is the same as when it was built. It has never changed. It is the most quaint little place, and if you are ever in County Waterford, it is worth a uh, drive by. You
0: mentioned wild boar, and we're hearing some <laughs> grunting in the background.
1: That's my pet pig, Eagles. Now, she's these, i actually do think there is a preservation at the moment in ireland to get the wild boar back into the countryside but when i bought this little one back and her brother back in 2016 the closest i could get was the new zealand breed of the cooney coon so these are two Coonie coons so i've eagles and piggles
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we, we we need pictures of eagles and piggles very
1: <laughs> i think i just gave uh piggles a cup of barley so i think he's uh, Now, he really does look like wild boar. He's got tusks and all.
0: Now, the other thing here, it's unusual, the amount of uh, hair.
1: Yes, they're a very hairy breed. And at the moment, they're shedding, so they've a few bald patches. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I've never, I've never seen anything like them before.
1: Yeah, the brother and sister, um, we're not breeding them. I did debate it at one stage, but um, I, I love their lifestyle, to be honest. like They just roam. Like, they sleep out in the wild. They make their beds and forage under trees. Uh, they forage for food. They eat grass, so our regular Irish pigs wouldn't uh, eat grass. So they're, oh, here he comes through the trees. Right. I can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Good morning. And as a
0: pet, as a pet pig, they're they're coming over to be petted. Yes. In there.
1: we go. Just stay away from their mouths because yes. they like to taste everything, don't right. you? And you might get a little puck.
0: All right. Okay. Give me,
1: give me attention.
0: Okay. Is that what this is coming? Yes. Right. Like? You're listening to Irish Radio Canada Home and Abroad and we're hearing the history of Slady Castle and uh, we're chatting with Joanne Hickey. Um, Joanne, you've uh, go me on the way because you want to do some work with the
1: gardens. Yeah, so in 2020 when Covid hit, um, myself and a couple of friends took up the project of, well we didn't think we would get this far but we started moving bits of art, re- bringing back the gardens, putting down a new driveway um, Below is, Cornell Power, the landlord I spoke before, is an oak grove that he planted in the early 18th century. Um, the oak grove was... was uh, done. Sorry, now there is a pig poking me. Um, the oak grove was planted to beautify the castle because Cornell Power believed the castle was to be admired. Right. So he planted the oak grove, and those oak trees still stand. So what we started to do is I always wanted to Bring the grove back into the Slady grounds. Okay. So we started to build a road, and actually, when we started to dig, we actually found that there was a road already there. Okay. And it was probably a cattle path or even a mass path for people from the Slady to go to mass. Um, Now, when I think back on it, the roads as we know them Beery's Cross and the main road to Dungarvan to Clamel, they didn't uh, exist. So the main road to Clamel the main road to Clomel is actually just down the road here and it goes over the mountains right. into the Nair Valley. And the main road to Dongarvan was actually Ballycarren and the main road to Medelago was actually a tiny little, you would think now of Farmer's Boreen, right. just at Mountain Castle. Okay. And they were the main roads, There were the roads the McGraths would have used.
0: Now you mentioned Mountain Castle, mm-hmm. um, and the Mountain Castle originally that would have been the main residence before this was established.
1: Yes, now um, I think Pierce uh, McGrath was in Kilmanahan Castle um, but yes, yeah, Philip would have been in Fernand, right. which would be Mountain Castle, yes.
0: So have you uh, an approximate date when this last would have been occupied?
1: We don't really. That we know the McGraths were definitely gone from it around 1650. Uh, we know that Donal probably died early in 1640. We know that, or 40 between 1640 and 1642. We don't have precise dates, and we know Philip died. So if the castle was built in 1628 and he lived in it in five years, Philip probably died just before or at 1640.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And been deteriorating?
1: Well, they took the front off, so we're looking at the back yeah. they took the front off to build the shooting lodge and all this stone now that you see going around, we've actually reclaimed it and we've brought it back into the drive
2: Okay. So okay. this is
1: our new project as part of Slady 400 So we have the lawns are now, as you can see, pretty much complete. Okay. We've started bringing in natural hed- hedging that would have been here and is actually below in the grove um, and we started bringing back the stone okay. and we want to continue that and bring it up towards the castle and bring it all around the ground. So in the
0: concept that you have for the garden mm-hmm. what, uh, what have you kind of, what's in your head?
1: I suppose for many years Actually, even in my father's time, my uncle Paddy, who lived next door until he passed away a couple of years ago, they always welcomed tourists right. to the castle. Many days we would be sitting here and somebody would just rock up the road, and they'd land in, and it could go on for hours. They're and yeah. the stories, and, you know, where... Because it is it is a route, and so many people left these shores to go to so many countries. Right. And now, thanks to technology and innovation, they can come back. Yeah. So yeah. They, they do come back, and the namesake, McGrath, is on this castle, right? So it is home to so many people,
0: right? But from a, a landscaping perspective, mm. I presume you've kind of done the landscape plan and yes, you've pl- so you've slightly- we want
1: to actually keep the grounds as open as possible. Okay, as the as the castle is the focal point, I want picnic areas. I want people to be able to come here, walk around, take in the magnitude of what we are looking at, and spend a while here. And to be able to do that, I've put in a lot of money so far in the last year, but to do that, we do need a little bit of help and a little bit of funding. Because McGrath Duke, you you mentioned Dan earlier, Dan did an amazing couple of tours here uh, before he passed away, and he, he got these lawns full of people Yes. and it was amazing to see and unfortunately the grounds weren't at this standard
2: right, back then right, right. and
1: it always kind of was a pet peeve of mine that they weren't right. so it really is a place to be proud of and i just and slady should stand on her own on her merit yeah. um because its walls even after the mcgrath abandoned it sheltered a hedge schoolmaster that taught children irish that kept the Irish ways alive during the penal laws so we just want Slady to be recognised.
0: And Joanne, earlier on before we started um, talking and recording you mentioned the, your own the family history that's coming to here and I'm going to ask you to, to rebuild the connection there.
1: Um, so uh, my grandmother's side were Welsh's and they actually live in the house here to the right behind the trees. Um, they worked for Carnal Power and they lived on the Slady estate at Slady Estate, actually, goes all through the back road of Ballycaron down into Medelligo. And they lived here and they worked for Corner Power. And from what we can gather, for hundreds of years, they actually probably were here when the McGraths were here, but those records unfortunately don't exist anymore. Right. Um, my father's side then, they emigrated, or emigrated, I'd say, down from Tipperary into County Waterford, which was a big move at those times. Yeah. And they settled, my great grandfather settled in Medellago around 1990, or 1890, sorry. Um, and his son married Bridget Walsh of Slady, and they rented Slady Lodge. And they rented Slady Lodge from 1938 up until my father bought it in 1970. And when he bought it, he bought with Slady Lodge, Slady Castle, yeah. and the three acres of grounds and woodland you see around you now so um, we're very uh, if you look back on all the Medelago records you go into the old church our ancestors are buried within the walls of the old church in Medelago the welshes we had two welshes actually go to America in the 1830s before the famine and surprisingly we actually do have a picture of them in Ellis Island with no shoes on their feet twine holding their pants together and they came back, yeah. and they are now buried in the old church mm. in Metelgos. So this lady is special, mm. and right. has been special to the people for hundreds of years.
0: Right. Uh, a piece of property like this, we hear, you know, when someone has a heritage. What is a heritage building? Mm. Are you constrained in what you can do?
1: Yes. Yes. So now we can do what we like to an extent to the grounds as long as we don't touch or damage or do anything to the castle and yeah. why would you want to, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. Um, so, we, as you can see we haven't done a lot of digging or we haven't actually done much bar clearing and setting some grass seed around the castle, because the castle is beautiful in its own right and it doesn't need anything right. to um, make it more beautiful. It is a piece of Irish stone architecture and it should Just be left.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the GoFundMe that you have, you have a goal of, what is it, €20,000? Yes. Uh, You're just getting yourself started?
1: Yes. So that is, the first is we want to put a ramp over here so we'll have disability access up to the castle. The lawns are done steps up to here. We want to put um, kind of a court here so that people can sit. We want to put the walls, we want to bring this beautiful stonework um, around to here. We want to finish the road going into the grove. Okay. Half finished. And we want to preserve the oak trees. We want to get somebody in to a tree surgeon to make sure that they will stand the test of time because they are old and they do need to be looked after.
0: Right and of course in the oak trees and some of them we can hear the crows um, Mm. residing.
1: Yeah we'd also eventually like to have public toilets and picnic areas and seating and all that kind of stuff but right now we really just want the grounds to get to a certain standard Where people can come and enjoy and take a bit of time out from life.
0: Right. And if anyone wants to find you on the GoFundMe, where should they be looking?
1: Uh, Well, they can actually just type in Slady400 because Slady is celebrating her 400th birthday in 2028 and we hope to throw her a birthday party. Right. And I think she deserves it. so we are trying to get the grounds and funding in to celebrate Slady's birthday so you can type into to go fund me Slady400 and you will find us or you can email me at sladycastle at com.
0: So that's given you have a nice timeline there, you're giving yourself kind of six, well, six seven, what seven what years. A p-
1: friend in America po- pointed out to me actually, he's been a great source of help to me and um, he said to me, "You're starting it seven years before its 400th birthday, and the castle took seven years to build." Right. So he said, "This is the seven-year project, <laughs> just <laughs> like Philip McGraw had in
0: 1628." Right. Well, John, thanks, Amelia. It's been fantastic getting to know and, so much for and telling you about this and learning. And you got the coordinates there if you'd like to learn more and uh, make a donation. And I know the smallest donation helps.
1: Oh, everything helps and just want to thank everyone that has been just so supportive to us so far I've been overwhelmed with support
0: Excellent,
2: thank you
1: Thank you